0: We begin today's year at the top line of Daf Ayin Zayin. Before we begin the actual Gemara, we glance at the side, uh, reading one of the features of our marked Gemara, the No the topic heading, which reads, Haforas The absolution of vows through a uh, husband uh, or through a Talmud Chokham on. Shabbos. Hagmor Shaliz Haim HaForah Shabbat Mutur B'Shabbos Rakim Hutzer Lutzer HaShabbos is the absolution on the part of a husband of his wife's vow allowed on Shabbos only if it's for the purpose of Shabbos. Like the law that concerns a sage absolving one of a vow. When a sage is involved with vow absolution, in order to allow that to be done on Shabbos, it would have to be for a Shabbos purpose. Or it could be that a husband can annul a wife's vow, even if it's not Shabbos related. The Gemara at the top line, Tnan Hosam, we have a Tanaic source from Maseche Shabbos, Mefirin. The absolution of vows can take place on Shabbos. Finish olin lenidorim, shehein shabbos. And one can consult, seek out the assistance of a sage for the absolution of vows if the absolution is for Shabbos purposes. For example, a woman, let us say, had vowed, or a person had vowed not to eat. And uh, Shabbos came out, and now they find themselves in a, in a bind, where Shabbos is a day in which one is supposed to enjoy it. We call that Oineg Shabbos. And by uh, adhering to the vow, uh, and therefore avoiding eating food, so one is going to impinge on the fulfillment of Oineg Shabbos. So we see this source. The first point in the source is haforas nadarim can be done on Shabbos and consultation with a sage for the absolution of vows that can be done only if the purpose of the absolution is for Shabbos what about the first clause Ibai the Gemara asks mefirin nadarim b'shabos the opening clause of haforas nadarim that, that is a husband uh, undoes, a, uh, annuls his wife's vows Uh on Shabbos, Shabbos, Aphilu Shabbos. Is it only for the purpose of Shabbos? And if you are going to learn that, if you're going to take that approach, then the closing words of the source, which said Shane Lutsoracha Shabbos, would, it would uh, extend back to point number one of the source. Or possibly, uh, the absolution that a husband does, the annulment of a husband, uh, of his wife's vows, that is possible, even if it's not for a Shabbos purpose. And the the closing point of Lutzrach HaShabbos applies only to consultation with a Chacham. And why is that? Well, since you're seeking out a uh, Chacham. Since the absolution on the part by an outsider needs a sage or three commoners, it looks like a court case, and court cases are not done on Shabbos. So that's one possibility. Or the second possibility that you can see in the run is why would the din of the tzarcha be limited to sheilas chacham? It's because it's not something that is time pressured when it comes to a husband and his wife's vows he is able to annul them only on the day that he heard the vow beyond that day at sundown he can't annul it anymore so in the in the case of a husband there's greater pressure for uh annulment the time pressure and therefore the standard that we apply for haforas nedoram might be different than the standard we apply to a chacham, where you don't have the time pressure so why do it on Shabbos? You could do it the next day also. What well, the Gemara answers? Toshma, detoni, ravzuti, Rav de ravpopi. The following Taneic source was taught by Rav Zuti. Ein mefirin nedoram elo letzorah hashabbos. So here you have a restrictive teaching that haforas nedoram also is done only if the purpose of the annulment is for the benefit of Shabbos. however that's not the end of the discussion you see we have a long question omar afashi tanan but we have a tana'ic source a uh, that uh, was not just a tana'ic source because uh, what rav zuti taught was also uh, allegedly a tana'ic source but we have a mishnah our mishnah said nodra im chashecha," if a woman vowed uh, shortly before nightfall, mefir Lo Ad Shelo Techshach. He, the husband, can uh, uh, annul the vow as long as it hasn't become dark yet. Has the nightfall has not yet arrived? The I Amres Letzoroch In Shelo Letzoroch Hashabbos Lo. If we're going to accept your standard, the standard that Rav Zuti taught. That only vows that are Shabbos based or for Shabbos purpose you can annul, but non Shabbos related vows cannot be annulled on Shabbos. My Why does our Mishnah choose to teach the inability of annulling because of of, of darkness of nightfall? Even. During the day, there would be a hafora limitation. An example would be if it's a non Shabbos related vow annulment. So from the Mishnah, we see that the only restriction is nightfall. But outside of that, even if it's not a Shabbos uh, related vow annulment, it can be done on Shabbos. The Gemara responds to this question by saying, Tanoihi. The, the issue is a makhlukes tanoim. Haforas we have a Tanaic source that says haforas uh, first opinion, kol hayom, till the end of the day. That means till nightfall. Rabshim, Omru, Ais. These two Rabbonim say that you have 24 hours. A husband has 24 hours to annul the wife's vow. In other words, he's not bound by nightfall per se, but rather 24 hours. According to the first opinion that says that a husband is limited in his vow annulment till nightfall, but not beyond that. Even if it's not a Shabbos related vow annulment, he can do it on Shabbos. It's, as we say, if not now, then when? In other words, there's a great time pressure beyond which he can't annul anymore. So, we uh, because you can see that we have like a Kula and a khumrah, The, the, the khumra is he has only until nightfall. But the Kula is, the, re, the, the leniency that results from that is that even a non-Shabbos related vow annulment can take place. According to the opinion of the two Rabonim at the end of the source, that say you have 24 hours, then we say, as far as the husband's ability to annul, Letzorah HaShabbos in. In means yes. Only if it's Shabbos related, then he can annul. HaShabbos lo. If it's not for the benefit of Shabbos, for the benefit of Shabbos enjoyment, then he cannot annul. And as we just explained, okay, if he doesn't annul on Shabbos, he still got he's got 24 hours since he heard the vow, then so he'll be able to annul it Saturday night, maybe Sunday morning. The Gemara continues with a uh, topic, a new topic heading. On the side, we have the no say and we present it. She'ila, there is a question. This point. That we made in the Mishnah that uh, uh, sh- uh, vows can be annulled by a chacham on Shabbos if it's for the purpose of Shabbos. Is this allowment, is this leniency only in a case where there was no time to annul before Shabbos? Or is this Leniency. even if they had <coughs> time, they had the ability, uh, they had the availability to annul before Shabbos, we nevertheless allow it anyway uh, to be absolved on Shabbos. And again, we're talking about uh, vows that we present to a Chochem, to a sage for his um, absolution, the Gemara. The arrow that you see to the immediate left-hand side of the vortex is simply showing you where we saw this quoted before at the top line. The question is raised. Is this leniency only if they didn't have time before Shabbos? Only then will we allow them to absolve the have the uh, the sage absolve the vow on Shabbos. So idilma kishoyel or maybe even if they did have time before Shabbos, toshma. So we answer this: Is the kiku lerabanan lebreid rav zutra breid rav zira? the rabbonan uh, dealt with the son of Rav Zutra and his vow absolution uh, even regarding those, kind, those vows that they had time to absolve from before Shabbos so you see that the, the leniency extends uh, even regarding that situation where he had time before Shabbos and for whatever reason they didn't do it then you can still have it absolved on Shabbos as you can see, we have a slash mark indicating that that which follows is a, is a new train of thought, even though we're still within the topic of uh, Shabbos uh, vow absolution. On the side of the Gemara, we have a topic heading that reads The allowance of having uh, the uh, vows uh, uh, absolved is that limited to the situation of a single uh, Torah expert? Or, even in the case of having three commoners who, during the week, are certainly uh, licensed to absolve vows, Lam, we continue in our note, Lamroz, Kedin, Feindon, and Using three, that really looks like a court case. In Jewish law, you can see the first Mishnah in Sanhedrin, deals in Masecha Sanhedrin, the tractate that deals with court cases. Three judges, three people are are licensed to judge cases. And Shabbos, though, is a day that we don't judge cases. Now, the absolution of vows, as you can see, is not a case of formal judgment. Hence, you can see that we have allowances for vow absolution on Shabbos. But, what about it being done in front of three? It, it it looks like a court case. Sovar Rav Yosef Lameimar. We're continuing in the Gemara itself. Nisholin nidorem The halacha of a, a vow absolution taking place on Shabbos. Biyochid mumche'in lo mishum kidina. So Rav Yosef was of this thinking that we allow vow absolution on Shabbos only if it's done by a singular Torah expert, that doesn't look like a court case, but having three commoners which are, as we said, they are capable of absolving vows, but don't do it that way, don't use the method or that, don't use that uh, instrument, uh, namely three hediotas on Shabbos because it looks like a court case Amalei Abaye Abaye responds and he's basically going to say don't worry about having three people even though it's Shabbos. Kevon de since we hold that vow absolution can take place even if the, 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 uh, the, people, the, the, the three are standing, even if they happen to be relatives, and even if it happens to be at night. Lo, Ms. Kedina. All of these points, uh, standing and with relatives, and at night, they show that it's not a court case because the laws of court cases are the opposite. Namely, they uh, the judges are seated. The uh, case takes place by uh, with uh, with relatives cannot preside over a court case, and uh, and it's and court cases are not done at night. So, since you have all of these. Uh, other laws in the case of vow absolution that don't resemble a court case, the fact that I happen to have three people there for resol- for absolving the vow isn't going to lead me to think that court cases can also take place on Shabbos. As we go on into Gomorrah, you'll notice a new marking. And on the side of the Gemara under our No Say Mivneh heading, where we combine a topic uh, heading with a structural note, the house shape appears. Shlavim they represent stages. din shel rav We're going to try to understand Rav's halacha concerning vow absolution at night. Uh, note in the Gemara, we're going to uh, we're going to encounter the words we've seen before, the word Mephirin and the word nishalin. So be, be aware that mefirin that has to do with a husband absolving his wife of vows. The word nisholin has to do with uh, seeking the assistance of a chacham to absolve a vow, a sage. The Gemara Omar of Abba, Omar of Huna, Omar of mefirin, b'alayla. So thanks to uh, Rav Huna in the name of Rav we would supposedly know that you can uh, a husband can absolve vows at night. The Gemara asks, do I need Rav to tell me that? For mas he? That is the Mishnah. And I involve him at base. Nodra Shabbos. We saw that if she vowed on Friday night, that was the example of the Mishnah. But, and When we learned the Mishnah, we point out it doesn't mean specifically Friday, but any night. But a vow done at night. So it's said that he can uh, the husband can annul the vow on that Friday night. So that husband annulling vows is something that we know from a Mishnah. I don't need I don't need Rav Huna or Maraf, who is an Amor Yur to tell me something that we know already from a, Mish, a Mishnah source. Ewa Ema. well rather, Rav Huna or Maraf, what is he saying? Halacha nish'olin balayla. The consultation, of a sage for vow absolution can take place at night. Omar lay Rabbi Abba l'Rav Huna. Now up till now we saw Rabbi Abba quoting, saying, in other words, he, Rabbi Abba had a tradition that Ravuna said in the name of Rav this point. But now Rabbi Abba on his own asks Ravuna Omar Rav Huchi, did Rav really say that? Namely, did he really say that vow absolution through a sage can take place at night? Omar le'i ishtik. If we look together at Rashi, Omar le'i ishtik rav she'shoma hadavar shosak. That means that when rav heard this that Nishol and Balayla Rav was silent. Omar Lay Rabbi Abba, asks, Ishtik ko amris o Shosi ka amris? Once again, we look at the Rashi. Omar Lay Ishtik ko amris klomar, mi ko amris inish di omra kamei the Rav di Nishol d'orim Orem Rav the Ishtik Rav Koamris, the Hochi Spirole Oidilmo Hochi Koamris, the Rav Havishosiba Ishaita, the Makamei Schmaitzer, the At Nafkis Le Bro, Makami de Livsok, the Mishti, the Loyadas Maya Hadmahader. It's interesting that Rashi uses the example of Nisholim Nidorah Bashabas when our Gemara is really dealing with Nisholim. Midoram uh, uh, Balayla. But be that as it may, the uh, two possibilities that Rabbi Abba is saying is, is it so that when this halacha was said in the presence of Rav, Rav heard, and he simply remained silent, and from the fact that Rav remained silent, so you concluded that Rav himself agrees with that. Or, when the halacha was said, in the presence of Rav, Rav was drinking something, so when he's drinking he couldn't respond and in the midst of, of uh, Rav's drinking and his hearing this particular locha, you happen to walk out and you don't even know what Rav's response was those are the two possibilities that Rabbi Abba is presenting to Rav Huna with uh, Rav Huna's uh, having said to Rabbi Abba that Ishtik that Rav was silent Again, was the silence simply a silence that you're interpreting to be a silence of approval? Or was Rob drinking and you walked out and you never heard what Rob really answered? The, uh, the run has a, an, an approach as well, similar to this. Uh, you can see the run that we're looking at is on the, on the third line from the bottom of the RAN commentary. Uh, you notice that uh, toward the end of the line, Rabbi Avon, Shola Rav Huna, Im Shoma Me Rav Beferush, Rabbi Abba asked Rav Huna, uh, Did you hear Rav say this explicitly? That the Nisholin Balayla? Veheshiv lo Rav and Rav Huna responded, Deihu Omar Kamei de Rav Rav Shosak. Uh, Ravuna says to Rabbi Abba, "You know, I said this halacha. Uh, this is where slight difference between uh, Rashi's ex- explanation and the Ran. But here you have Ravuna himself saying this to Rav and Rav, Rav Shosak, and Rav kept quiet. and then Rabbi Abba return, responds with a question. He says, uh, Shosak Rav Is Rav's silence?'" Uh, as a result of his agreeing with you, ka'adam lo'imil chaveru, ashkich. As a person says, ashkich, which means uh, which means uh, let's drink a lechayim to this. That's a great thing you said. Odimal de'shasat loch mishum shirotzer le'shashkicha. V'lo chosh lahashipcha ur was his silence because he wanted you to keep quiet and he didn't bother answering you. U'meisitoshma de'rab gufe ov aruvdo lahatir nedoram balayla. And as the Gemara goes on, even though we don't have the we don't have this loshin in the Gemara, but nevertheless we read on the last line of the Gemara. Omar Rav Iko Bar According to the Ran, this is an answer that uh, uh, Rav Huna, or that the Gemara provides to Rabbi Abba's question, and it's as follows: Is da'ik Rav? Here is a story involving Rav himself. Le in other words, it Rav absolved a vow for Rabah, but Kituna de Bey Rav, Kituna, we're at the top line of Omic Beys. Kituna is a small room near a base medrash. And how did Rav absolve it? It was Oymeid, Yechidi, Ubalayla. We dashed on the Balayla uh, because that's the main point over here. Uh, so you see that Rav himself absolved vows. At night. As we continue in the Gemara, we continue with uh, a more halachas along these lines. On the side, we have a nosay, a topic heading, which reads prote dinim neder. Detailed halachas, many of which we've seen already, regarding the absolution of a vow on the part of a sage, Be'amidah, standing, yechidi, alone, singular. In other words, not three. Laila at night, bishabas, and bekrovim with relatives. Omar Rabo, Omar Nachman. Halacha Nisholim Lidorim, vows can be absolved, Omeid, uh, where the sage is standing, Yechidi, he is alone, in other words, not three, Ubalaylo, at night, Ubeshabas, Ubicrovim, and with, if they happen to be related. The fact that they are relatives does not uh, bother us in the realm of vow absolution. Which, as we pointed out earlier, is not the case when it comes to formal court cases. Their relatives are uh, c- are considered uh, disqualified. A sixth point, Vafilu Hoyo Lehen Penai mi With regard to the Shabbos point, we say here, like we saw earlier, even if they had a chance, even if they had time to have it absolved before Shabbos, and they, they waited till Shabbos. Uh, the vow, nevertheless, can be absolved on Shabbos. The Gemara asks, "O maid, you in point Aleph." That's why you see the Aleph here in parentheses, corresponds to the Aleph from the list just before, and the line right before. Uh, we ask, Vihatanya, But do we not have a Tanaic source that says Yorad Rabonam Minachamor, a case of a, a vow absolution? Uh, involving Rebbe Gamliel, he was riding on a donkey. He got off the donkey, atif, Yosha, lo nitro. He uh, cloaked himself, and while seated, he absolved the vow. The Gemara answers that there are really there are two different approaches to vow absolution, and depending on the approach that you accept or that you hold by this will be a point of difference. Rabbi sovar ein Poishin Becharota. Rabbi Gamliel holds that it's not enough for the client seeking absolution to simply say uh, I right now regret having made the vow. Me'akir nidra bo'inon What is necessary is to uproot the vow from, its, from the outset. And in order to do that Uboi and you need to investigate. In other words, you have to pose questions to the client. Had you known, and you have to think up. You have to think of good questions to ask the client. Uh, had you would you have vowed? Had you known thus, thus, and thus, and thus, and that requires thought. Aha That's why he sat down. So because of Rambamuel's fundamental principle that vow absolution cannot be done in a superficial way, by simple uh, expression of regret, but rather, you have to uproot it from its beginning, as we just explained, therefore, Rav Amlil sat down. The Rav Nachmon Sovar, Rav holds like other Tanoim, that hold, it's enough to have the vow undone through mere expression of regret. Right now, current regret. And therefore, ve'afilu me'umod. You'll notice how we've read our Gemara using uh, the girsa um, that you find in the Ran and the Bach. We continue in, a, in, a, in the Gemara with a long point. As you can see, it's marked thusly. On the side, the Nosei reads, Hanoder, one who vows, Nikra Chote is considered a sinner. The Gemara, Omar the Rav l'ravnachmon. Khazimor hi Mirabona Mimarova the do you see this rabbi coming from Eretz Israel saying is the kiku lay the the ravhuna bar oven the lay the rabbis dealt with ravhuna in his seeking vow absolution the omru lay and they Said in their in their in their words in their discussion with him with the with the uh, the son of Rav Huna they said to him in in seeking his regret zil uboi rachami al nafshach khatasa you know you're going to have to seek mercy on your soul because you have sinned let's take a look at Rashi. He says in the middle of the Rashi column, the Boy This is how they uh, they opened their appeal in his, seeking his regret. And this thinking is based on the following: Ditoni, Achfo, Anyone who vows Alpha Pishu even though he fulfills his vows, he is considered a sinner for the mere utterance of a vow. You're considered a sinner. Omer um, Rav Zvid, my Krah, Rav Zvid asks, what is the scriptural basis for that? The, the Pesach says, lindor lo When you cease vowing, you will not bear sin. Ha lo chadalta, However, if you haven't ceased from vowing, there is a sin. So they see the mere act of vowing is sinful, regardless of whether you fulfill it or not. On the side of the Gemara, you can see, first of all, in the Gemara text, we have a slash indicating that that which follows is a new trend of thought. On the side, under the se heading, we indicate, L'shoinah Shilhaforah, different languages or expressions of vow annulment on the part of a husband. Shalom Mo'ilos, or Shamo'ilos, some expressions are effective, some are not. Be'es Suru surah lishonim And the Gemara will also discuss what is the... The text, if you will, or the proper expression of vow annulment when done on Shabbos. I'm sure everyone has already gotten the impression that Shabbos is different than all other days, as is quite obvious to everybody. And it, it even has a, say, a, um, there even seems to be a, a, a need for dis- making some type of distinction. Though we allow vow annulment on Shabbos, but it, maybe it shouldn't be done like uh, you would do in, the, in any day of the week. We always strive to elevate Shabbos as a holy day uh, in contradistinction to the common weekdays. So, is that manifest when it comes to this area of law, vow, annulment? Bigomorrah. Tanya. Ha'imer li'ishto ko' lidarem woman says to his wife, "All vows that you vow, e f she shitaduri, or ein ze neder." He says, it's, I can't handle your vowing," or he says, "This is not a vow." Lo Omar Klum. These expressions are ineffective. They don't constitute an annulment. It's not the way. It's not the way to phrase annulment. The source goes on describing a husband that wants to substantiate. He wants to uh, to second her second the motion to substantiate her vow. And he says Osit, you did nicely. There's no one like you. Or he says Vim If you hadn't made the vow, I would have imposed the vow on you. All of these expressions, Dvorov Kayomin, the vow is considered substantiated. as some as you can see in the Mephorshim, they say you don't have a greater kium, a greater substantiation than that. As far as the continued reading here, there's uh, there's a suggestion that the, this is the beginning of a new source and the word Tanya is missing or as you can see in our Mark Gemara, the two dots are simply there by mistake this is all drawn from the comment on the side of the Gemara we continue Lo a person in attempting to annul his wife's vows on Shabbos should not say using the same expression that you would have used had it been a weekday. Rather, you say to her, let us imagine she had vowed not to, uh, not to eat or not to drink. So you tell her on Shabbos, take that and eat it, or take that and drink it. And with that, the vow is annulled on its own. Amr Rabbi Yochanan Shivate shivateh belibo. adds that uh, on Shabbos, even though you told her to uh, liushdi, you have to in your in in your heart, you have to say muforlichi. You have to express internally uh, the correct or standard annulment text. Tanya be'shamayom, remember Shabbos Levate belibo. Uh, when it comes to Shabbos, you, you are to annul in your heart. And during the weekday, you are to utter the annulment. Whether it's Shabbos or even a weekday, it's enough for one to internally uh, annul the vow, and it's not necessary to uh, uh, articulate it, to verbalize it. With that, we conclude our sheor for today.